This is the Grow My Clinic podcast by Clinic Mastery, where we help you deliver amazing client experiences to grow your clinic. Well, welcome back to another episode of the Grow My Clinic podcast. My name is Jack O'Brien. Lovely to join your earbuds again today, perhaps your car speakers or wherever you are tuning into this. I have Benjamin Lynch with me. Benny, how are you today, mate? I'm doing fantastically well. There should be a warning and disclaimer. If you're running on a treadmill right now, you might just want to stop and listen. <laughs> We're not taking any any injury claims here, Jack, if people are listening in while they're exercising, but good on you for multitasking. Yes, that's it. Now, uh, we, we're, we're cracking into our new flavor of episodes, our new style here with a few yep. different segments. So for those playing along at home, today we are talking about an experience, a client experience we have each recently been the recipient of and also a learning, a resource, a book, video, something like that for the listeners to be able to go away and experience for themselves Ben, I delightfully received a video from you on the weekend about a cafe experience. It's always cafes, but please, enlighten us. <laughs> I know, I need a bit more variety, I think. Well, I have variety in the cafes I go to, but they are yeah. often cafe stories. This is quite an interesting one because it was good and it had a lot of opportunity. So I sent you a, a video through Instagram DM because I had to tell someone I was flicking through Instagram and I saw a cafe locally in Adelaide had posted a picture of their coffee list and no joke, it rivaled a wine list at a restaurant. Like it was quite detailed. There was a lot of options. And I saw on there a particular coffee. It's called a Panama Geisha. It's one of my favorite coffees, probably the favorite coffee. And it's rare as hen's eggs. And so Mm -hmm. I saw it and I was like, we got to go get this coffee. So me and my wife, we went and got coffee and I rolled up to my, the front Sorry, desk. Ben. My wife and I. My wife and I. Look, you know spelling, <laughs> you know grammar isn't my thing. <laughs> I think we did this on a previous podcast. The words of my English teacher saying, like, you're hopeless will always <laughs> ring through in my head. Uh, anyway, so my wife and I, we went and I walked up to the bar and I saw the coffee list and I was like, great, it's on there. And then I saw the price. Now I get an espresso, short black. It's the shortest amount of coffee you can pretty much get unless you get a Mm. ristretto, which is about 15 mils of coffee. So this is about 30 mils of coffee. Jack, it Mm. was 24 Australian dollars. Wow. I mean, I had a coffee in Switzerland once that was like 10 bucks and I was gawking at that. And there was one in St. Mark's Square in Venice that was 20 bucks. At least you had the atmosphere and this was 24 bucks. Wow. Well, I, I was already at the bar. I committed. I bought it. <laughs> and I bought my wife a coffee. I filled the coffee for $12. $36 drained on two coffees. Now, I'd be thinking I'm an idiot or I should sell coffee to Ben because that's a lucrative business. <laughs> I bought it and it was delicious. Like it was great. And I'm happy to pay that amount like sort of every now and then for a coffee that's really worth it. What was lacking though was the experience around it. For mine, Jack, when, when I've had a good barista, and this is the same, you can apply this in your, your own business, say if a podiatrist is selling a high ticket item like orthotics, physios might be selling a package of classes. Like when you're selling you know, high ticket items, let's say, mm-hmm. I think there needs to be an extra level of service, education, communication that's delivered. Mm. And I was a little left wondering because 
I've just dropped $24 on an espresso, mm-hmm. right? And it took a dollar per milliliter. It really is. It's, it's phenomenal. I, I later found out it's about $400 a kilo, the coffee. Anyway, um, I had this coffee, but it was kind of like, oh, yeah, look, you, you'll sort of taste a bit of pineapple and Earl Grey and some of these stone fruits. Let us know how you go. And, like, that was the extent of it. Normally mm. they'd sit you down and, like, oh, you know, find out about your interests, really talk you through the growing process, how they went about making it because no one else there is really buying a $24 coffee. It's kind of the, the higher end of the spectrum. Most people are just getting, you know, like a latte and they'll just probably give the run-of-the-mill bean. But I was actually a little bit disappointed around the education of the coffee I was about to drink, the sort of checking in with me throughout the drinking process. Mm -hmm. I'm sounding like a real coffee snob and I am. (laughs) I'm not going to deny that. But it's one of the pleasures I have and I think what I'm extrapolating here is a lesson that give the education, give the time of day to follow up find out what they want, why they picked it and educate them on that, that would have made a huge difference to me. And even maybe throwing something a little bit extra, but yeah, for, for dropping that amount of money, there was a lot to left to be desired really on um, Mm -hmm. their communication around it and delivery of it. I was expecting a bit more of a ceremony, but uh, (laughs) it's funny. That was my, most of what you've, almost all that you've commented on there, Ben, had nothing to do with the actual product. Like you said, the coffee was amazing, but yeah. the, the perception of value, your, your likelihood of going back there has largely nothing to do with the quality of the product, but all around the experience. Yeah. And if they just delivered that even better, I probably would be like, all right, let's go back next week. But I'm kind of like, oh, you know, if I really want that coffee, I'll go back in maybe a month or so. Otherwise you go broke pretty quickly if you're spending 24 bucks on coffee <laughs> on an espresso regularly. Anyway, okay, that's my experience. What about you, Jack? Yes. Well, I've got experiences coming out my ears, Ben. I'm just back from uh, a, a couple of days away with my family and I was just soaking up all of the experiences along the way. It's funny how it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. I've got a podcast <laughs> to talk about experiences. So sure. All you notice is experiences. At the risk of <laughs> defaming any institutions that we visited, we visited <laughs> a zoo I'm not going to speak about the experience, but suffice to say, we probably won't go back. It was quite a disappointing, underwhelming experience. Again, for the dollars invested in it, you know, obviously if price was different, your expectations of experience are different. So we went to a zoo that had an interesting experience. The hotel, or the, it was actually a caravan park in this instance that we stayed at. Beautiful location, private beach. It was a lovely a lovely caravan park, big water feature for the kids, all these things. But we sat in the car on the drive home and I said to my wife, do you think we'll go back there? And we both looked at each other and we didn't hate the experience. We didn't love the experience. We were just mm. indifferent. Yeah. It's that indifference. That, like, for mine, yeah. like either be hot or cold, but don't be lukewarm. You know? sure. <laughs> and you know what it was about the, the experience of the accommodation? It was the rules and the paper that they gave us. Now, I'm largely a huge fan of technology and paperless environments, but I appreciate the need for some paper-based things in a 
in a, in a caravan park, there's a map. There was like 19 pages. I kid you not, not exaggerating, 19 pages of rules for this caravan park. Wow. Booklets and flyers and folders and different sizes. And it was just overwhelm. And so I think there's a real lesson in that for clinics because I'm aware most clinics provide a welcome pack or a new client induction folder. You've got to get the balance right. There's an element there where it's required, but not overboard. But the caravan park band is not the experience I wanted to talk about. What I did want to talk about was a culinary experience or a contrast, a juxtaposition, if you will, of a culinary experience. My wife, is a celiac. She needs everything completely gluten-free, not um, contaminated or cross-contaminated. Anyway, it's quite a debacle to try and get food out. Yeah. <laughs> it's a bit of an adventure. <laughs> and the the region that we were in of New South Wales on the, uh, on the Australian south coast of New South Wales, there's two very reputable gluten-free pastry bakery chefs Wow. We, we went and experienced both of them. One had a, a cafe. It was a restaurant. The food was amazing. The other, she doesn't actually have an eating experience. It, it's, she's got a kitchen at the back of her house. You get mm-hmm. the goods. Let me talk to you about the second one. So she works from the back of her house. She's got a massive social media following and she doesn't sell retail. She just does events, catering, uh, large-scale mm. things. But once a week or so, she has a little bit of excess. And she Ooh. sells these chocolate eclairs and caramel tarts. I had a mushroom tart, Ben. No mushroom to speak of. Just fluffy, oh, yeah. shortbread, buttery shortbread gluten. Anyway, she has these overflows. She sells them on social media. It's like... It's like the dark web of gluten-free. <laughs> <laughs> and we got one. Christina, my wife, was on it. She snagged one of these overflow boxes and we went to her house and it was, there was such a mysteriousness, a mystery around mm. it. It was amazing. We went to a park and we absolutely loved it. Look, I paid through the nose. We paid $25. I beat you by a dollar. Like There was like five or six little gluten-free treats. It was so overpriced. But it was totally worth it. And to see the glee in my wife's eyes was priceless. Contrast this, Ben, to the cafe, the the tangible bricks and mortar cafe. Mm. What an opportunity to wow and exceed expectations. And we walked in and there was no talk about gluten-free. Again, like you say, it's a little little clicky community. Oh, do you have celiac disease or are you just intolerant? Tell us about your journey. There was none of that conversation. The food, delectable, but it was was regular, uh, might I say, commodity tomato sauce. It wasn't a fancy sauce. It was was bland and indifferent. And Mm. we drove away from that one going, would we come back? Probably not. Indifference. Yeah, right. And so the the contrast of those two gluten-free experiences was mind-blowing. And again, nothing to do with the food because they both tasted amazing. So there we go. Now, my learning, I've been away. I've had lots to read, lots to consume. It's hard to choose, but I would say at the moment, I'm reading a book by Brene Brown. 
called Dare mm. to Lead. Brene has one of the top 10 most watched TED Talks ever on vulnerability and her current book on Dare to Lead is not my usual style, Ben. I, I like yeah. Jocko Willink style, like let's get extreme ownership and hardcore, na- yeah, hardcore. Na- Navy SEALs. <laughs> <laughs> That's my style of leadership, whereas Brene is talking about vulnerability and empathy and shame and leading from heart with courage and it's uh it's really challenging my nature which i love i love embracing the challenge stretch so there's there's a lot of other resources that i'm consuming i'll save for another episode tell me Mm. how about you well given that we're talking about experiences uh i have to say i put my hand up and say that, you know, I'm not perfect at delivering experiences myself. We certainly challenge ourselves to put the systems and structure around it to provide it. Uh, I'm mindful that some people may have had a bad experience with what we do in some capacity, Jack, and we talk about it. So I realize that it can be a bit rich at times, but there was something that I was listening to a talk from a fellow speaker and guy I really look up to called Scott Stratton. And he was sharing a story that I'll share in time about the Ritz-Carlton. And they have this uh, motto, if you will, which is make it right okay. or delight. Mm-hmm. Make it right or delight. And uh, I think that's something that we've always tried to do is when it has gone wrong, because it does, we're human, we make mistakes, but make it right or delight, mm-hmm. try and be proactive about it. But if it's wrong, make it right and find the opportunity, create systems around it. So often, if I bring this back to the health industry, you know, you start your business, you do everything for your clients, you go above and beyond, you follow them up with phone calls or whatever it is. And then you start to employ team members and you go, they just don't care as much as I do. And the systems are so important around helping standardize the quality of that, Mm -hmm. uh, that delivery in finding out your secret source, dare I say it. I'm also mindful that maybe some people are tuning in and going, you know what? I've heard a few cafe stories now. Uh, When are you going to talk about the health industry? And we will in time. But one of the great lessons I find Jack Mm -hmm. is learning from other industries. And you said it perfectly that, we have the privilege obviously with a podcast and a platform and our message is about client experiences. So we are attuned to it everywhere we go, Sure, but you can get business learnings from every experience that you have, whether you're at a retail store, a hotel, an airline, a cafe, if you own a business, you should be attuned to how you're getting treated everywhere you go and go, how could I apply something like this? So I just want to say for those who are maybe thinking, Hey, I've heard a few cafe stories learn from other industries. If we just spoke about health professionals, you would only ever do the same and would all be the same. We're looking to challenge and take ourselves out of the comfort zone as I use your reference there, Jack, but thought I'd mention that. I love it, Ben. For those who are listening, probably the next episode, I'm going to speak about the Ritz-Carlton as the founder, Horst Schultz. I don't know if he's Austrian or German, but Horst has written a book and I love the way that Horst talks about the client experience of the Ritz-Carlton hotels. So get this, I'm going to rant a little bit on Ritz-Carlton if I can uh, take the liberty. Their team culture is this, ladies and gentlemen serving ladies and gentlemen. From the bellboy through to the general manager, you are a lady or a gentleman. You're not a bellboy, you're a gentleman serving ladies and gentlemen. And not only is it delight, 
I believe they give all the way through to their bellboy a $2,000 budget to make it right or delight. They've empowered that down to the ground level. You don't need to report, just make it right for $2,000. I love it. Well, there you go. <laughs> we might be talking about Horst's book. We might even get Horst on as a guest. I reckon he'd love the Glow My Clinic podcast. We might pull up stumps there, Ben. Thank you for sharing your insights and learnings. Uh, listeners, as always, you can grab any of the resources we've spoken about today over at the show notes at clinicmastery.com forward slash podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for your reviews, ratings, and sharing this across all the socials. And we look forward to bringing you another episode again really soon. Bye for now. This is the Grow My Clinic podcast by Clinic Mastery, where we help you deliver amazing client experiences to grow your clinic.